Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 301. I'm Sean, and join with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. Yes, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. A lot of stuff to get to. Uh, how about the World Cup? Yeah, I mean, this is, it's so weird having the World Cup this time of year, and it's really crowded, and it's just um, kind of crazy with the NFL season going on, NBA. Um, but I think it's still breaking through. I think still people are enjoying it. We're, we're covering it, so I think it's still our lead story right now. Um, we're now into we're into the final three as of today, um, but since last time we've gotten through the uh, the next round here, and um, some big wins. Croatia and Argentina both uh, had to win on penalties. So yeah, both both were very exciting games too. Croatia was down one zero in extra time to Brazil, and then they scored a late goal that forced them to win in penalties. And then the Argentina Netherlands game might have been the best game of the tournament so far because it was two zero Argentina. And in the 78th minute or 76th minute, Netherlands brought on a player. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but they brought him on. He's good also. I've I've seen his name before. I think it's like, it might be Weghorst or something like that. They bring him on. He scores a goal within a few minutes. And then it's been the story of the World Cup. There's been so much added time. And there was 10 minutes of added time in this game. And it literally took the 100th minute. Netherlands set up for a free kick just outside the box. And they did a nice strategy play where they actually kicked it softly under the wall that Argentina had set up. And it went perfectly to that guy and he got it past the goalie. My heart was broken there for a minute just for Messi because if they would have lost that game, for him to lose that game being up 2-0 late, and it would have just been the story of how his World Cup or how his time for the Argentina national team is gone. Thankfully, Argentina ended up winning in penalties and that led to them going to the semifinals against Croatia. And then uh, the other side, really quickly, had a couple good games. Morocco. Yeah. Well, I think it's first we need to mention that Brazil is the favorites, and to lose that way, like they had, they just had to kill like two more minutes or something, um, and they they couldn't get it done. And yeah, Croatia tied them up, won in penalties, uh, pretty brutal. But yeah, then um, the other semifinal games had some drama as well. Um, of course, Portugal, which has had another star player that. Uh, I think people were rooting for. Uh, not starting anymore, but yeah. still a big part of their team and still a good young team. Um, doesn't matter. Morocco doesn't allow goals. Yeah, they've only allowed – we've talked about it last week, and we'll have to talk about it again because they went another game without allowing a goal. They've allowed one goal all tournament, and it was an own goal against Canada, who might be the lesser the lessest opponent they've faced thus far. So, I mean, they're the they're the – Clear Cinderella team. I mean, you see in March Madness every year, there's always that one 13, 14 seed that makes it to like the Elite Eight. And you're like, oh my God, the Cinderella story. And it's like, here's Morocco in the final four. And they have to get through the defending World Cup champions in France, which will be played tomorrow as in Wednesday, December 14th. And uh, France got there by winning uh, two to one over England. And England was down 1-0. They tied the game on a penalty kick by Harry Kane. France goes up 2-1, and then I believe it was like somewhere in the – was it in the 80th minute, 84th minute or something? It was pretty late, yeah. When Harry Kane – there was another penalty. Harry Kane got the chance, and Harry Kane, if you for you guys that don't maybe watch soccer as much, is England's best player. He's one of the nation's top goal scorers already in the history of the country, 
He's like third all time in Premier League goals. And he ended up missing the penalty kick. And that was enough for uh, France to end up sending England home. And now France plays, like we said, Morocco tomorrow. And they will face Argentina. The winner of that game will face Argentina, who did defeat Croatia today. Pretty handily, too. 3-0. Yeah, they got a, they got a penalty pretty early. Yeah, I think it was around um, the half hour and then, mark. Yeah, and then got a second goal right before. And it's like, okay, well, that's going to be tough. Like you said, they did blow a 2-0 lead before. Uh, but then they put up a third goal early in the second. Yeah, I was like, the, well, I think this one yeah. is going to be over. So um, Messi is in yeah. the World Cup final for the second time in the last three World Cups now. He did lose to Germany in 2014. And I don't can't tell you who on the top of my head when uh, Argentina got knocked out in 2018. But I almost want to say it was I think France. It was, Croatia? was it Croatia? Oh, no, it was France. I yeah. think it was France. It was France because France scored like five goals. And it was in like the – I think it was only in the fir- like the round of 16 too. I think it was fairly early yeah. on in the tournament. It was where I think Mbappe had three goals in that game. Yeah, that's when people broke out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's when people started to get to know Mbappe. So there's a very good chance we get that rematch. But I will say, if it's Argentina Morocco, that'll be pretty exciting because you'll have a lot of people, you know, I think cheering for Morocco because they would be such the big underdog. And then and, and Messi is very divisive. Yeah, so there's people who want to see him lose. He's yeah. a LeBron-like figure in that way. Yeah. But I mean, to see him win, I think if if I ever did want to see it, it's different though with like in soccer because it's like you're on like two different teams in a season. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't care if, you know, for Messi, I don't care if he wins in when he's wearing a PSG jersey or when he was wearing a Barcelona jersey, but I would like, I wouldn't mind seeing him win the World Cup in an Argentina jersey. I think it would just be cool to see. So I did see today a stat about um, <coughs> how much he gets paid per game, which soccer has more games than than here american football you know so you'd think you'd expect it to be american football um messi actually makes more than any player in the nfl per game he makes about four million dollars per game uh i think it's you like 180 million dollars per year yeah, i was gonna say if you break that down you can break that down almost like per shot yeah if he averages like let's just say two shots to three shots in a game like on target like you're like, what does that even break down to? Is this guy making like a, a million dollars a shot yeah. per game? Type they do of? that with pitches all the time. Like Verlander oh, yeah. will throw, you know, make a hundred thousand dollars per pitch or something. I saw that before too with, uh, yeah, with Clayton Kershaw where they said, oh, you know, he make he make like a hundred thirty thousand dollars per inning he pitches type thing. Yeah, it is it is it is really wild when you actually break all that stuff down. But anyway, I think uh, we're set up regardless. I think for an exciting final because whether we get to see Argentina France, which I think would obviously be the elite matchup, or we get to see a Morocco, who is very much Cinderella. 250 to 1 odds were their odds going into this. So, yeah, we'll see. So, is that final Sunday? Yes. So, that's going to be interesting because they are going to have it during NFL Sunday. But I don't know what time that game would be. Do you know? I assume like 10 a.m. or same, something. Same 11 o'clock, I believe. So, same as the okay, these games. Okay, 11 o'clock. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that'll be right in the heart of uh, the NFL games for the morning game. So, interesting. But. Well, it'll be interesting to see how the ratings go with that. Are people going to be watching Argentina versus Morocco or France, or are they just going to continue to – are the ratings still going to be a lot better for the 10 a.m. games? I guess we'll see. Yeah. Time will tell. Well, let's uh, talk about the NBA. Yeah, uh, I think some some good stories uh, this week. Uh, some well, A bad one too, but uh, first off, the uh, the Warriors won the big NBA Finals rematch. So Boston had been super hot, the best team in the NBA – and the Warriors really struggled defending their title so far this year. Um, but the Warriors won um, in San Francisco. 
a big Saturday night ABC matchup, which was nice to see with a culture bowl over. We get that Saturday night ABC big game again. Um, but then the, uh, the Celtics stayed to California and lost last night to the, to the Clippers as well. Um, and then they play the Lakers. So by the time you hear this, you'll know the result of that. But um, yeah, the Celtics have been the best team. And when it came down to it, the Warriors still had their number. It looked like uh, pretty interesting right there. Um, but I think the Warriors have been played better over the last couple weeks uh, versus the way they started. But. Yeah, and I and from and I watched like I think the, I just watched like the first half of that game, or actually I watched a decent amount of that game. And one thing I did notice, especially in the first the first quarter uh, specifically, Golden State does defend Boston well. I mean, uh, Clay Thompson does a very good job on Jason Tatum, and then Draymond Green can cause problems. And that game started off really slow. Like it, it took like Boston didn't score a point until like the about three, three and a half minutes into that first quarter. I mean, they, and Golden State wasn't scoring quite frankly either, but then, you know, they started hitting some shots. Jordan Poole, I'm starting to see, has never seen a shot he doesn't like. Mm-hmm. He he shoots it with confidence. I'll give him that. And then you've got, you know, Curry was hitting some shots and then Clay Thompson just does it on defense. Yeah, I think he had like a 12-point first quarter, Clay Thompson. So he seems to get up for those games. And whenever Clay Thompson's hot, it just seems like the whole team just responds. Yeah, the big thing with them is... um <clears throat> Kuminga and Moody, the first round picks from last year, just can they get continue to get better and just help them as I mean role players right now. They don't need the star power. So um, yeah, I think Kuminga played pretty well in that game. Yeah, they're <laughs> gonna need that for the depth because that bench does seem pretty slim pickings if you know, with Jordan Poole being in the starting lineup now. And yeah, so we'll it'll be interesting for the Warriors. I mean, the the West is wide open. Well, is it? That leads to our next story. Ooh. Uh, there is one team that is really dominating the Western Conference right now, um, and it's the New Orleans Pelicans, who um, I think they're on like a seven or eight game winning streak now. Uh, Brandon Ingram not playing. Why do, Why would you need Brandon Ingram when you have Zion Williamson, who's healthy and dominating right now? I think averaging like 30 points a game um, on like 60% shooting. He's just just unique. Like I, He's putting up basically like, prime Tim Duncan numbers, but he's, you know, not Tim Duncan's height. Uh, just a, a weird, weird, different, unique player. And it's great that he's actually healthy and we hope that it remains that way. So continue seeing games. I know they had a big game against the, uh, the Suns, who uh, they hate the Suns and everyone hates the Suns. Sean could agree on that. Yes. Um, but you add the Chris Paul factor and what happened in the playoffs last year. Um, it was pretty hilarious watching bits of that game last Sunday. Um, the New Orleans crowd totally hates Chris Paul. And in my mind, he's still the best player in their franchise's history. That's kind of a weird relationship right there. But um, they're they're ready to move on and go with uh, Zion as their new guy here. So, And I was just looking at their uh, their lineup. I honestly forgot. I was like, I know I'm missing someone. I forgot they have CJ McCollum. And I, I've always been Larry a fan Nance of- is huge. It's a, it's a big acquisition they had last year. And I've always been a fan of Valanchunas. Valanchunas does a very good job down low. So, yeah, good for him. Yeah, they're looking good. It's fun to see them doing uh doing well because that team always I thought it did have some pretty good young talent. But uh speaking of some young talent that uh won't be playing another game this season, Andy. Yeah, this is the uh the bad story. Uh Cade Cunningham of the Detroit Pistons has been ruled out for the season. I think it was like a shin injury. He's missed missed a, a while now. Um, he, he really turned it on the end of last year. I don't know. Was he a rookie there? I don't remember who was, but he had a really good stat yeah, line, um, in the second half, just an all around player, you know, like point guard type, he could score, he could pass. Um, that sucks to lose like a whole year here. You're trying to, you know, develop. Um, 
maybe good for the Pistons in the long run if they now have a, a better pick. But they they were going to suck regardless. So they're probably the favorite now to have the worst record in the league, which only gives you a fourteen percent chance as the number one pick now. But still, it's 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 something. Um, but it is it reminds me of um, OKC losing uh, Chet as well. Just like it sucks to lose one of these top guys and not lose a year of development here because you you don't get it back. Like you don't you don't get a free year out of it. Like the, their contract still counts, so they're one year closer to free agency. So. Yeah, it's bad stuff. <laughs> it is a bummer. Shall we uh, kick things over to college basketball? Yeah, this is just a quick little update here. We had talked about Houston um, and their 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 future schedule. Could they uh, hang on to that number one ranking for a while if they you know get into conference play? Uh, they did not get into conference play undefeated. They did play Alabama, which we highlighted. Uh, and they lost to Alabama. Alabama's now knocked off two number ones so far this season. Pretty impressive, beating North Carolina earlier. Uh, and now Purdue is now the new number one. And they probably won't keep it that long because that is uh, a tough conference there. You're not going to, you're going to run into like Iowa or something, and Iowa's going to knock you off. Even if Iowa's not that good, it just, it's a tough conference. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, like Andy said, we did talk about that, how Houston, I think it was like two weeks ago, we talked about how they hadn't played really anybody. And how we we highlighted, we said that their first big test is going to be against Alabama. And I saw that actually, I think Houston was actually favored by like eight points in that game, which I thought was a little high, but maybe, you know, more people are just high on Houston or whatever. And I think they were up by like 10 or 12 at halftime. Like Alabama had to make a little comeback and they did. And yeah, and then Houston, well, it'll be interesting because I think Houston turns around and plays Virginia here soon. I think that was part of their schedule is they had Alabama and then they had another game in between and then Virginia. So uh, yeah, we'll see what to make of this then. I don't know where uh, it might be tough if Houston falls, you know, I don't know where they fell in the rankings, but it'll be tough for them to, you know, it might be tough for them to climb all the way back up depending on their schedule. But I guess all that matters is that you're good enough to get a first round number one or two seed. So I'm sure they'll be good for that, but yeah. All righty. What do we got next? Well, baseball is always in season. Yeah, we got uh, the free agency really uh, heating up. Uh, I think this is the last big week. There's still some big names left, and I'll, I'll highlight them at the end, but I'm going to go over some of the big signings, uh, including Aaron Judge staying with the Yankees. Uh, nine years, $360 million. So he's getting paid. That's the most per position player per year, um, the most the Yankees have given out, I believe. A uh, ton of money, but face the franchise makes sense for them to give that contract. Uh, Xander Bogarts going to the Padres. Um, Padres have been very active trying to get someone and they finally got a big, big name, big dollar player. Um, 11 years, $280 million. So uh, that's a lot, a lot of years. I think he's going to be uh, playing until he's 40 on that contract. Um, he's a pretty, he's good. He could play shortstop, but will he be playing shortstop five years from now? Maybe not. Um, but the Padres are, they're in win now mode. They have a ton of good good talent there, and uh, they just want another piece to take them over the edge. That does mean that uh, Tatis Jr. will be moving to the outfield, uh, so it makes them a little less valuable. But you know, they, they got a lot of guys. I mean, and they, they've said this does not affect their ability to re-sign uh, Juan Soto, which I think would be after next year. So uh, they said they're they're all in. They're willing to give up tons of money. Uh, their new owner has money. That's, yeah. that's that's how it works. Well, and yeah, and I, you know, you see these teams that are just making the push to really try to be the new faces of the National League. I mean, the Dodgers, 
had that reign for, I could say, safe to say since like 2016, 2017, but it looks like now these other teams are starting to pay the money to put yeah. themselves right there in the middle of it. I think it's a preview for our next team here. Um, yep. Who is spending uh, ungodly, yeah. ungodly amounts. Andy, before we even say this one, do you agree with that contract for this player? I mean, is he worth that? It's probably a little bit of an overpay, but yeah. he's he's a above average defensive player and probably will be for a while, and that that helps just kind of even if the bat goes goes quiet. But yeah, he's a guy who didn't break out until he was late twenties. So it's Brandon Nimmo of the of the Mets. Brandon Finding Nimmo. Yeah, uh, eight years, one hundred sixty-two million, um, and that's not the only Mets signing we have here. And again. We're also they also have made some other big signings like uh, Justin Verlander earlier. Uh, they also signed uh, Kodai Kodai Senga. I'm not not sure yet. Uh, he's from Japan. The top Japanese player is a starting pitcher. Uh, five years, seventy five million, a little less money, but um, still a lot. Uh, then also Jose Quintana, two years, twenty six million. Um, still a pretty big contract right there. So um, they've spent a lot of money, and I believe I saw with luxury tax. Their payroll next year is going to be like four hundred fifty million. So, jeez. <laughs> when you compare that to like teams like the A's that have gotten away with like fifty million dollar payrolls, <laughs> pretty crazy. Um, yeah, so they're they're trying to. They were very upset about that hundred win season that didn't result in a division title or even a playoff full series. Um, they want to reverse that, and and like you said, I think they're also smelling blood in the water with the Dodgers. The Dodgers are going for a reset year. Uh, if you've noticed, they have not been on any of these uh, free agent re- recap things. They haven't signed anyone of note, um, and they're just they're willing to let the luxury tax penalty reset. That's how that works. If you're the the more years you're over the luxury tax line, the higher the penalty goes. But then if you just take one year off, you re- get reset back to the lower limit. It's complicated, but it's supposed to get teams like the Dodgers to you know not spend so much money. Um, looks like that's what they're going to do here. Um, although there's still some key free agents still available, so we'll see. Um, yeah, who are some of the notable ones, really quick, that are still left? I know Carlos Correa is one of them. So I've got uh, Carlos Correa, Carlos Rodon, and Dansby Swanson. So two shortstops, which I wonder if that'll be kind of hurting their value. That the team will be like, well, we're not going to give Carlos Correa this much money because, well, we could go with Swanson. You know, that might uh, be hurting their value there. Um, I also wonder if Correa's value is impacted by the Astros cheating effect. Uh, Cause I mean, obviously Correa is still very good. He didn't play for the Astros last year. Um, but is it harder to sell to a fan base? Like I know that was a debate with the Dodgers. Yeah, I saw that. Would, that, you, would you bring them in or would you boo them? I did see something that showed on uh, Instagram that uh, they interviewed like 10 Dodger fans about, would you want Correa? And I would say about like 90% of them were like, no, like we'd boo him. I wouldn't want him. And then one guy was basically like, oh, well, if he performs, <laughs> but the majority of them was like, there is, there's hate and they're, they're prideful fans. So they're, they'd really say like, you know what? No, I'd rather lose without you than win with you type thing. Yeah. And there's, there was a story that if the Dodgers were going to sign the shortstop, they would sign, they'd go after Dancy Swanson, Swanson, who uh, is still really good friends with Freddie Freeman. So, yeah. And I do know that also that they're good friends just because of <laughs> buddy of mine who's like his best friend used to say when he would go visit him in Atlanta to watch him play that whenever they'd yeah. go hang out, Dansby was always there with them. I think Freddie like took him under his wing. Like he was that guy. He well, Freddie's already happy that uh, one of the guys who's not even on this list, Andy, that 
got to a minor league deal for the Dodgers. Oh yeah, the Dodgers did sign <laughs> Freddie's real best friend from way back in the day, Jason Hayward. So there's a pretty cool um, photo. I'll have to show it to you later that Freddie posted. That was a uh, them in like a minor league dugout, and it's so funny because it's literally like right after he graduated the high school I went to. So it's like, wow, that's the yeah. Freddie Freeman I remember seeing. Not before he was worth a few hundred million dollars, and you can do some stuff to make your appearance look better. I remember I went to a Dodgers Braves game, probably like 20, 2009 or something like that, when Hayward first came up. And I was telling the people I was with, I was like, so this is their new rookie, but they have a guy in AAA that I, I went to grade school with, and he's, he's going to be up pretty soon. And yeah, they were, they were the two like young players, the Braves, you know, 12, 13 years ago. Um, yeah. And Hayward uh, doesn't need the money, of course. Probably, probably one of the worst contracts ever given. Professional sports. Um, they did win a World Series with them, the Cubs. But remember, they, didn't they give they gave him like 160 million or something? Yeah, he. And it was funny because I remember when the hype came up about him coming up, and his first game, he I think he hit like two home runs his first game. He was, yeah. you know, pretty well. But yeah, yeah. Let's uh, move on to some other contracts here. A uh, Wilson Contreras, uh, the Cubs catcher, moving on to the Cardinals, and he he said he, he was excited to play for a franchise with with such history, and it's like what a shot, like. You know how much like the fucking Cubs and Cardinals hate each other? Like it is, it is really underrated. I don't know if people outside of uh, the Midwest understand how bitter that rivalry is. They they really hate each other there. Um, so anytime a guy goes from Cubs to Cardinals or in the, the other way, it's it's a big deal. Um, so he's going for five years, eighty eight million. Um, this just happened today. Chris Bassett, so he's leaving the Mets, uh, going to the Blue Jays. Um, Blue Jays should have been better last year. Uh, but adding another starting pitching piece here. Um, the Giants got a couple of smaller deals. They're, they were trying to get some of the bigger players, but uh, they ended up with uh, Sean Manea and uh, Mitch Haniger. So, you know, good good players that will fill out their roster. Um, they they lost or they, they won about 30 games less than they did the previous year. I don't know what happened with this team um, last year, but they want to get back in there. Um, Kenley Jansen, this is notable for me. Uh, leaving the Braves, going to the Red Sox, so he's gonna still getting closer money. Um, that's gonna be fun to watch his. Um, where's he gonna finish in the all-time saves? You know, he's not gonna ever catch uh, Hoffman and um, oh, of course Mariano, not. but like he's, I think he's like right outside the top ten now. And he's gonna get up to top five or something. Um, and then I think the last notable one I want to mention: Zach Eflin uh, going to the Rays, three years, forty million. Do you know why that's notable, Tony? I do not. Do you see what team he signed with? The Rays. This is the largest free agent contract oh given boy. to an outside player in Rays history. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, yeah, Tampa Bay Rays, a long history of being uh, cheap but efficient. They have good teams. Um, they do sign their own players uh, from time to time, giving them big extensions. But this is the first time they signed a uh, outside player to a contract this size. So, Yeah. <laughs> That's impressive. And he's the guy they chose, huh? Yeah, uh, a reliever for the Phillies. I think he'll probably make their rotation at that money. But, yeah. All righty. Shall we move over to the NFL? Yeah, so we're going to do college last because it's going to be a big, big bowl preview. So we're going to get into week 15 results. Uh, probably, probably let's go quick here. Uh, the Raiders, they blew it. Their season's over. They lost in L.A., which was a, a big deal. This is the Raiders' second home. Um, lost up by 13, still lost to Baker Mayfield in his first start for the Rams. Um, doesn't doesn't turn the Rams season around or anything like that, 
but I think it does effectively kill the Raiders season. They had a chance to maybe win out and get a playoff spot, but now with eight losses, it's not going to happen. Yeah, they're in trouble um, now. And on, on the other side, uh, the other L.A. team kept their season alive probably uh, with, a, with a big win over the Miami Dolphins. That they, their defense confused and shut down Tua. Uh, that was the big storyline heading of the game, Tua versus Justin Herbert, the uh, back-to-back quarterbacks taken two years ago and or, and who's better. And um, I think it's obvious Justin Herbert's better. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, so too. But uh, that had become a big story this year that Tua had still, I think, the highest-rated passer so far. Um, been really productive, but not a good game. If you're a big fan of his, I think you saw some of his weaknesses. Um, and it was nice for for Herbert to have uh, both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams playing. They had not played a full game together this entire season yet, so I think it was helpful. You know, I enjoyed this game. Yeah, that was yeah. good. That was a good. Uh, Although it's very statement game, and it it shows you how good the Chargers can be when they are uh, healthy on offense. At least, I mean, it is. Still not fully healthy. Yeah. Still some linemen down. But yeah, maybe by the end of the season, they'll be their best version of themselves. Um, they also control their own destiny, as in if they win out, they will end up in a playoff spot because the Patriots and Dolphins have to play each other. So one of those teams will win. And if um, Dolphins lose another game, uh, the Chargers can tie them and they would have the tiebreaker. So um, yeah. Um, the other thing is... Uh, Phil Park High School's own uh, Jason Sanders was uh, almost a hero for the Dolphins. Uh, made me a little nervous. Uh, made a 55-yard field goal and then kicked a pretty good onside kick uh, to almost uh, give the Dolphins a, a last-second chance. But um, Chargers were lucky to recover that onside. But uh, The Bills stayed number one seed. They won. Wasn't impressive, but they, they won still. So they're still the number one seed. Uh, the Bengals still... One, they beat Cleveland. Not not an impressive win either, but they're still winning, still still hot. Uh, the Cowboys, really terrible game against, uh, I think it was clearly the worst team, the Houston Texans. The Cowboys were losing all game long and uh, had to have a 98-yard touchdown drive to win this game, which was really important because of uh, they're falling. They don't want to fall further behind Philly. They want to still stay alive in that, that race, but also um, you want to get that fifth seed. If you're going to be a wild card, you want to get that fifth wild card or that the first wild card the fifth seed because um, you might be playing. You don't even know who you'll be playing. <laughs> it's there's some uh, interesting alternatives there. Um, and then lions Vikings. Remember we talked about this game lions, despite having like, was it five less wins coming into the game? We're the favorites. Yeah, we did talk about that. And <laughs> showed they, why yeah. they were the favorites <laughs> one pretty handily, to be honest, what they end up winning by. I think, it, I think two scores 11. at least. Yeah. I think they had a late field goal that made them go up by like 11 or 12 or something like that. I think 11. Yeah, they're they're productive. They're now six and seven, um, still alive in the wild card race. Still technically alive in the division race, but you know Vikings would have to lose out. Um, but yeah, that's that'll be a big turnaround if they were able. To st- I think they started one one and five. If they were able to get back and win a wild card, that'd be great. Uh, Jacksonville really destroyed Tennessee, and Tennessee's reeling right now. Jacksonville's only uh, two games back in the South and could also make a run here if the Titans are. Uh, really bad right now. Um, I wouldn't say they're the favorites, but uh, Jacksonville's a really frustrating team. They've won some good games and then had some really bad ones. So the week before, I think they lost. I can't remember. It was like they were kind of favored. Oh, they, they were playing the Lions, and they were favored in that game, and then they really got blown out. Um, and speaking of blown out, um, the Giants. Giants got blown out by the Eagles, who are really destroying people, but I think it's a bad sign for the Giants. I think they, Yeah, the Giants are struggling. They lost – 
five in a row. Um, They're starting to show their true colors, what yeah. people thought they were. Yeah, I, and it's still like seven wins is probably better than I thought they were going to win. So they'll probably win at least another game here. But uh, they got the big matchup against the Washington Commanders this week. Yeah, um, the Sunday night football game. Yeah. That'll be a, in Washington this time. Yeah, and then uh, another team still winning. I don't know how they're doing it, but uh, the Ravens had to use not just their second quarterback, but their third quarterback to win this game uh, against your team, right? Who also had to go to their second quarterback. Yeah, Trubisky came in through like three interceptions. It was just an ugly game. 16-14, just your typical how your Ravens-Steeler games go. Low scoring, ugly scores. Scores you don't see too often, I feel like. But yeah, that probably hurts the Steelers, or it does hurt the Steelers. If they would have been able to win that game, and believe it or not, the Steelers, I mean, it's because Lamar was out. The Steelers were actually, I think, like two-point favorites, but they ended up losing by two. And, uh, you know, if they would have won that game and they played the Panthers this week, all of a sudden they could have blinked and been 7-7. Seven and seven. And all of a sudden they would have been, like, at a chance at a playoff spot. But, yeah, that one probably cut their throats also, and they're probably season is now done. And the big thing is, is that Tomlin's never gone below 500, and he has to win out or man. maybe get one tie in there to uh, – to be able to do it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I think they're, I think they're done. I think they got at least two or two or three more losses in them, unfortunately. Yeah. Maybe it's for the best if they try to get a, you know, a better player, um, get like the 10th pick or something, maybe even higher. Um, the chiefs got out to a big lead against Denver, but almost blew it. They, uh, I think only won by a touchdown. Uh, Wilson put up a bunch of points, a bunch of yards, probably his best game, but I believe he got hurt. We don't know if he'll be back. Um, but yeah, not, uh, nothing too major there. Chiefs keep pace with the number one seed there. Uh, the 49ers dominated Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Brock Purdy there, their third quarterback. Um, had another productive game. 49ers maybe are the best team. Uh, it's yeah, hard to say I, that with the Eagles I, I like playing the so well. But maybe the 49ers are actually the best team right now. And they're doing it with the, the, the last pick in the draft. Uh, they're just they're on a good roll right now. Um, and they're probably going to win that division going away the way Seattle has played. Uh, Seattle lost again, uh, this time to the Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold. So Sam Darnold's now 2-0 for the Panthers, and he's keeping the Panthers alive in the division race. I think they're a, only a game back now of uh, Tampa Bay. And that's why I said that that fifth seed is really important because whoever's going to win that NFC South is going to be bad. Uh, we've talked about, oh, the Bucks are going to end up winning it, and Tom Brady will be the veteran who gets an upset. I don't know anymore because um, even if the Bucks win, it's like they're they're clearly they're bad. They're, they're not good. So, um, really, really bad division. And Atlanta um, benched Mariota, and they're going with their rookie. So, um, yeah, they they gave up. Yeah, they did give up in a really bad yeah. division. And then the last game I have here probably doesn't matter for, at least for Arizona, doesn't matter for the playoff race, but uh, Kyler Murray tore his ACL last night. Um, so that means he won't be as 100% himself probably by week one next year, which is bad because the team sucks this year. What are they going to be like next year? Everything's going bad for them. I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury is going to um, make it to next year. And Yeah, there's a lot of debate about him getting yeah. Canned or whatever. And this won't be the last time I say the name Cliff Kingsbury today. Um, but the, on the other side, the Pats won, which uh, put them back into the playoffs as the seventh seed right now. Uh, I think winning the, the tiebreaker uh, for now. But the Pats still have to – they might still play the Bills again. They play the Jets again. They play the Dolphins. They're in a tough division. 
Pats aren't very good in my my opinion, but they could somehow sneak that uh, seven seed. Wouldn't be surprised. Um, I would not be surprised to see the Chargers blow a couple games against teams they should win. Um, I'm already preparing myself for it. Um, but yeah, that's that's their reality. Uh, Patriots are still in the playoffs. All yeah. right, time to talk college football. Yeah, let's. Uh, we're gonna do a bowl preview for all the bowls. But uh, before we do that, we have to mention the other big college football news this week, and that is a. Uh, Mike Leach, the legendary coach, um, just one of the most influential cultural coaches, definitely of our lifetimes, but uh, he, he passed. I think he's only 61, had a uh, significant heart attack and did not uh, make it. And that was uh, confirmed today that uh, he had died. So um, it yep. sucks because he was a huge personality and you knew a Mike Leach coach team was going to give you a fun game at the very least. Um, yeah, he was big in the whole air raid offense. They like to throw the ball a lot. They like to move fast. And he was just, like Andy said, definitely a unique, fun personality. He wasn't shy with his words, just kind of would say whatever, just truly didn't give a shit. He was almost like a like almost like almost a John Daly of like college football in a way, like minus like the hardcore drugs and like the heavy drinking probably. But then again, I don't know. But – just his personality reminded me of him where he just truly doesn't care. And he's, you know, Southern guy. Yeah. When he was at uh, Texas tech, you didn't even have to look at the leaderboards. You knew the Texas tech quarterback, wherever it was, was number one in passing yards, um, including someone named Cliff Kingsbury, who uh, then went on to uh, coach at Texas tech after Leach uh, was, was fired controversial controversially. And, uh, you know, Kingsbury found himself uh, in the NFL because at Texas tech, he, uh, he coached someone named Patrick Mahomes. So, uh, you just look at the uh, the quarterbacks that played not just for Leach, but in his system or for his assistance across the league. Um, you got guys like Jared Goff played for um, Sonny Dykes at Cal, and it's like that's just another that was another air raid offense. Um, Leach then also went on to Washington State, and um, if you look at like the Pac-12 record book, like all the passing records are like random Washington State quarterbacks you didn't even think about. Yeah, who was the one that had like the records that year? Was so it? Luke Falk is the yeah. all-time leader, but uh, he also had like Gardner Minshew there. It was pretty good. Um, and then just just recently moved over to Mississippi State. Um, he was in his third year. Uh, they've they've got a bowl, so we'll, we'll get to that in the bowl preview. But um, yeah, another another Mike Leach um, assistant was um, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley uh, that was his first college football job. Where uh, he was, I think, he was a backup QB there to Kingsbury, um, and then stayed on as a coach before finding his way across the league, and eventually at Oklahoma, and then eventually at USC here. Um, so just yeah, just super influential. Um, I know his his record; it was more around five hundred than it was, you know, like a Nick Saban type record, but um, definitely super innovative and everything. Just changed changed the way that the game was played. Um, changed an entire conference with the with the Big Twelve. I don't think the Big Twelve was known as this quarterback spread offense type thing like it is now, but back then. But he just completely just changed it. You had to play that way to keep up. So, yeah, very sad. Yep, he will be missed in the college football world. But now we move on to this time of the year. It's bowl season. Jingle bowls, jingle bowls, <laughs> sure. as they say. Yeah, we got a, we got a lot of them, and I'm gonna. Go through. I, I love going through the names. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do some picks here. So, 
Um, do you want to pick against the spread? Or just the team? I think we should just go with the Just do the, the team. team. I mean, some of these spreads are pretty big, but yeah, well, let's just do the teams. It'll be easier. It's just easier to remember. Yeah. So um, 12-16. So a couple days from now is the first, first bowl games. Uh, I think that's Friday. Uh, starting out with the Hometown Lenders Bahamas Bowl. Uh, this is notable because this is actually in the Bahamas, Nassau, Bahamas. Uh, it's a nice place to play, right? Yeah, that's, that's a nice little vacation. Seem bad. So, like a lot of these bowls, um, I think more in the past have been in uh, the West or the South. They want a little warm weather. It's a nice little treat for some of these teams to get a vacation. Um, so this is definitely fitting in with that that theme here. So that game is. Um, UAB versus Miami of Ohio and UAB is 11 point favorites. So I don't have the time to research all of these games to tell you why. Uh, but in these bowl games, it's notable that a lot of key players end up sitting. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case here or you have, um, I know in UAB, UAB's case, they just hired a new coach, Trent Dilfer. So he's not, I don't think he's coaching this game. I don't know who their coach is for this game at all, but I couldn't tell you. And a lot, a lot of these, a lot of these teams are without a coach or, or having to go to their, coordinator to coach the bowl because someone left for a better job. So um, yeah, it's just important to remember, but um, I don't know enough about these teams. I don't either. So I just have to go with the favorite, yeah, right? I'm, yeah. I'm going to go Alabama, Birmingham too, or bring whatever they are just because yeah, 11 point favorites. That's enough for me to say that they can win yeah. that game. And also this, this uh, college canceled their football program some years back and then brought it back. I think it's only been back for like five years. So um, I, think I do remember hearing that. Yeah. Uh, the next one we got here is actually a matchup of two top 25 teams. Uh, the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl. Uh, this is in Orlando, Florida. Um, University of Texas, San Antonio, and Troy. I think both both conference winners. Uh, and Troy is a two-point favorite. But I'm going to take San Antonio because I think they're also new to the um, FBS. I think uh, it's only been a certain amount of years since they have gotten called up so yeah i'll like take them. uh san antonio also because i feel like when a team's favored by two i think it also i just feels like i always feel like the the plus two seems like they're actually like the better team yeah um december 17th wasabi fenway bowl um it's called the fenway bowl because it is in boston massachusetts fenway park um cincinnati louisville louisville favored by a point um i hate louisville i think i, I do they're a weird program so Going to Cincinnati here. All right, I'll switch things up finally then. I, I will take Louisville. All right, our next game, uh, big Pac-12 matchup here, or Pac-12 participant. Um, SRS Distribution, Las Vegas Bowl. What a, what, a, what a sponsor there. SRS Distribution. Sean, do you work with them at all? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's in Las Vegas, of course. Uh, Oregon State's favored by 10. Uh, they had a really good season and have to end up playing Florida, who had, didn't have a good season in this game. So um, I have to stick with my Pac-12 guys here. Yeah, same here. I, Oregon State looked good. They ended the season strong. I think they'll be able to take on Florida. Uh, next up, another Pac-12. Uh, the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, presented by Stifle. So I know it was the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl last year. I don't know if they had a, a sponsor. Um, I thought that was funny that it was the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. I thought they like paid money for it. Um, I don't know how that works, but uh, it's the LA Bowl, so it's in Los Angeles at SoFi. Uh, Washington State, Fresno State. So uh, Fresno State's favored by three. Um, you know, I don't know. I think I'm going to – well, you can go first. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Fresno State. Okay. I think 
I really don't know why, but I'm going with Fresno too. Right. Yeah, you know, I like him. You know, go go Derek Carr, I guess. I don't know. Go Paul George. Maybe Paul George will probably be there. He'll get booed. Well, be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, the Lending Tree Bowl. That's a boring sponsor. It's just a bank or something in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, that is Southern Miss versus Rice. Southern Miss favored by six and a half. And um, it's to me, I would guess these two teams are in the same conference, but I guess not. Um, doesn't um, seem like they they were both in Conference USA at one point. I'll go with uh, Southern Miss. I don't know why, but oh, oh, <laughs> damn it! It's hard to do. All right, so you're going Rice, and I'll go Southern Miss. Yeah, it's hard to type. Um, next up, New Mexico Bowl in Albuquerque. Um, SMU BYU. SMU is favored by five and a half. I have to go with the Mormons here. You know they're. Just a great, great program. I'm going to go with SMU just because one of my best friends went to SMU. That's my only reasoning. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry uh, for picking against your team there. Uh, the Frisco Bowl in Frisco, Texas. Um, this is probably one of the smallest cities to have a bowl game, uh, a suburb of Dallas. I'm, I'm, they probably have a college there. Uh, didn't do the research there. That's uh, Boise State against North Texas. Uh, Boise State favored by 10.5, but um, – where do you think Frisco, Texas is located? What what direction of Texas do you think it's located? I feel like it's got to be near like like where the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was filmed. <laughs> no, it is in North Texas. Um, I don't know where the University of North Texas plays, um, but I'm going to go with North Texas here in that. Oh, We're going to be playing kind of at home. That'd be a big upset. Ten and a half point favorite or underdogs. I'll go with Boise though, just because. Why not? And then anyway, we got on the as Andy looks up where uh, on a Texas map. The next game here we have is the Myrtle Beach Bowl in Conway, South Carolina with Marshall versus UConn. Marshall being a 10-point favorite. We are Marshall. I'm going to I'm going to take Marshall. I unless uh Deanna Tarazzi and the coach from UConn is coaching this team, I can't ever take UConn in any college sport other than actually other than basketball. Yeah, I their men's team is actually doing pretty well this year too. Marshall had a good year. I think it's nice to reward them. Uh, do you think Kenny Powers will be at this bowl game? So I don't know. He better be. He was a big uh, Myrtle Beach guy. Um, so I did. I did the research. The University of North Texas is in Denton, and it looks like uh, not too far from Frisco. Um, you can see on the map here. <laughs> yeah, you guys at home you can pull up your map also if you want to. Oh wow, there's an ignited hookah lounge nearby. Uh, the stadium might be the FC Dallas stadium there in um, Frisco. So, Oh, there you go. All right, let's move on to the uh, long-running bowl game, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl uh, in Boise, Idaho. So we just talked about Boise State. This must be at their stadium, the Blue Field. Uh, San Jose State, favored by three and a half against Eastern Michigan. Um, I have to stay with California here. Let's go San Jose State. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, San Jose State also just because my uh... – my buddy's uh, one of my best friends. His his nephew plays on that team, so I will cheer for that. All right. On the 20th, we've got the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Um, don't know too much about RoofClaim. Uh, sounds like an insurance thing, like a hurricane insurance. It's in, it's in Florida. That seems logical. Uh, Boca Raton, is that where uh, Jerry Seinfeld's parents live too, I think? Del Boca um, Vista, Boca <laughs> Raton. Uh, that game, uh, Liberty versus Toledo. Toledo favored by four and a half. Um, I have to go with Toledo because I hate I hate Liberty. It's a weird Liberty, Liberty, yes. Liberty, Liberty. Um, let's see here. 
I will. Um, I'll go with Liberty then. I'll switch things up here. Maybe that's also where uh, Hugh Freeze was coaching, and he uh, left to take Auburn job, right? Yeah, I think that's why they had a good year. They had a good coach there, even if he's corrupt. Um, another longtime sponsor, the R and L Carriers, New Orleans Bowl. Um, the New Orleans Bowl is in uh, Boise, Idaho. Uh, no, of course it is in New Orleans. Uh, and that game is Western Kentucky versus South Alabama. And uh, I do have this line <laughs> highlighted. Um, the USA was favored by four points. Uh, South Alabama favored by four. That that line moved significantly. I can't remember which way, but I think uh, it, well, I think it might. I think it might have been from like ten to four or something crazy like that. So I don't know what happened. Something um, must have happened. Something. Yeah. I wouldn't be in a situation like that for a line to move that much. That probably means South Alabama's quarterback's not playing. Because typically in football, only quarterbacks move the line significantly. Obviously, like if your star receiver's out, even most of the time, even that only moves the line like a point, half a point. But your quarterback can move the line depending on who your backup is and who the quarterback is, like as much as like seven points and stuff. So, yeah. Now I think there's only one person in this room that has seen South Alabama play a game. Um, <laughs> Sean, I think that's who you saw. Yeah, I went to that game. Yeah. So what, what do you think, Sean? How they look? Can they beat <laughs> Western Kentucky? You know, they looked really good. <laughs> They did. They, they did, did actually. They yeah, almost I mean, beat they, UCLA. So I think I have to go. Yeah, with them. I'm going to go South Alabama also, mainly because they're USA highlighted. So I mean, I got to have that. All right, <laughs> next, our next bull, uh, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bull. Very, very scary. Uh, very powerful though. Very scary. Uh, it's in Fort Worth, Texas. So another Texas bull here. Uh, Baylor playing the Air Force. This is interesting because the Air Force is not the Armed Forces, is it? It's a different. That's a different thing. Um, but it is military still. But then on the other side, Baylor is in Texas, and the game's being played in Fort Worth. So I'm honestly, it's kind of curious to me why Baylor's only favored by six. But I mean, I don't know how good of a year Baylor had, or who's playing and who's not playing. Because Baylor seems like one of those teams where it's like they might have like one or two guys that are draft candidates that are going to be like, I'm not fucking playing this game against Air Force in the, you know, Armed Forces Bowl. So you know what? With that said, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Air Force upset. Oh, boy. Okay, Andy's got to get off Google Maps here. I'm still on the map of Texas here, and I noticed the National Video Game Museum is in Frisco, Texas. So well, there you maybe go. we should have got tickets to that bowl game. Uh, gonna, <laughs> just the Mario in there. Let's see. Yeah, Mario. Wow. Well, Mario's got to be. When you think video games, I think Mario is like the first guy that made put video games on the map. I mean, we got um, Pac-Man was big, too. Yeah, but Pac-Man's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> He's always hungry. Yeah. I'm going to go with Air Force. I'm going to shake things up. I'm going to say that they do that ground game by the third quarter. Baylor's going to be like, well, what the fuck are we doing? And I think they're going to be upset and they're not going to know what to do. So I'm going to take Air Force. Yeah, I'm taking Air Force too. Um, next one, we got the Radiance Technology Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, and that game is Louisiana against Houston. So um, two kind of local teams. I got to look. I think Shreveport, um, I don't know who plays there. Does the University of Louisiana play there? Uh, Shreveport's at the top of Louisiana, so it's actually kind of far from Houston, but closer than you would think. I don't know. But um, that's going to be like, it's got to be a home game for Louisiana, right? So let's go with them. All right, I'm going to go with Houston. And okay, so anyway, as we, as Andy figures out how to type here, on the next game, we've got the Union Home Mortgage Gasparable. <laughs> Is that how you say that? Maybe. You say maybe or baby? I, I don't know. I said maybe. I don't okay. know. Okay. Anyway, we're going to go with that. The Union Home Mortgage 
Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa, Florida. Wake Forest versus Missouri. Wake Forest is favored by one point. What's your pick? I like Wake. Yeah, me too. I, I watched Wake this year. They had their moments that impressed me. Think Brady will show up to this game? I think there's a good chance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's here's a fun one that's always played my my entire life. Christmas Eve, uh, the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl in Honolulu. This was my uh, quick story. My SMU buddy that I said uh, played at SMU. SMU played Fresno State in this game against Derek Carr when they were uh, like two touchdown underdogs, and they ended up winning mm-hmm. that game. Yeah, Derek Carr is good at blowing leads, isn't he? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Derek. If you're um, listening, Derek, sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. Uh, San Diego State playing Middle Tennessee. San Diego State up uh, favored by seven. Have to stay with our, our local local guys here. Uh, support Kawhi Leonard as yeah, well. Same here. I'm going San Diego and, State and Marshall as well. Fall. Yeah, definitely big San Diego State guys. And uh, Steven Strasburg, remember that guy? I do remember yeah. Steven Strasburg. Yeah, still getting paid. <laughs> Steven still pitching? Oh yeah, he's oh, very good. Well, I mean, he didn't play this whole year, but he was still getting paid like thirty million dollars. Pretty good. So, pretty good deal. On this next game being played, December twenty sixth, Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit, Michigan, New Mexico State, three point underdogs versus Bowling Green. I'm gonna go with New Mexico State. No real reason why. I mean, I'm gonna go with Bowling Green for yeah. no reason why. But you like you like bowling, so you probably should go on Bowling Green, right? Yeah, and the green actually yeah. is one of my favorite colors yeah. and. I never really watched. I mean, I did watch Breaking Bad, but that doesn't, you know, mean too much, I suppose, for New Mexico State. All right, next up, we've got the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. I don't know this bowl. This has got to be new. Uh, Georgia Southern, three-and-a-half-point favorites against Buffalo. Um, I think I'm going to go with Buffalo. I'll go Georgia Southern. They can put up points. That'll probably be a high-scoring game. I think I don't even know why. but All right, so the next game we have is the – Serve Pro First Responders Bowl in Dallas, Texas. Memphis versus Utah State. Memphis favored by seven. I'm going to go – I'll go Memphis. I always enjoy Memphis college football. I've – you know, in the past, I've been on some of their games. They have some high-scoring games. It's fun. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with Utah State. Uh, Wasn't wasn't that Jordan Love was Utah State? Remember that was a good – Yeah, he was. Good little run there they had. Um, Next game we got is a good Carolina matchup, so – uh, the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl is Ticket Smarter uh, going to take out and Ticket Master. Um, I don't know what they are. Birmingham, Alabama, uh, Eastern Carolina is favored by nine points against Coastal Carolina. So, which which Carolina do you want to win? I'll go Eastern Carolina. Although Coastal Carolina would be in the East as well because okay. their coast is the East Coast. Um, but yeah, let's. Yeah, we'll just both go Eastern Carolina. It's a big, big favor right there. That's another line that moved, but I think it moved down. I think it went from like eleven to nine. So uh, now we're getting to some bigger games here. We got the guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix, uh, Wisconsin, Oklahoma State. So a couple of big programs. Wisconsin favored by three. Uh, they got the new coach, so I don't know if he's coaching in this game or is Jim Leonard going to coach? Uh, I'll go. I'll go with Wisconsin. Yeah, I kind of like Wisconsin here too. All right, and then in the next game, we've got the Military Bowl presented by Peloton. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't think it's Peloton. Yeah, but and that's in, in Annapolis, Maryland. Central Florida versus Duke. Duke's favored by two. I'm going to go with Central Florida. I always like uh, what Central Florida can do. Yeah, not a bad pick, but I will take Duke in this case. Uh, AutoZone Liberty Bowl in Memphis, Arkansas, Kansas. 
which is uh it's fun because those uh states are very very alike in letters right yeah why is it called Kansas? if it's arkansas shouldn't it be Kansas? excuse me the other state should be called Kansas. okay i see what um, you're doing but it's not um arkansas is favored by three uh, but I'm going with Kansas because it's a fun, fun story this year that they had a good year. Yeah, they did have a good year. And this is where it ends. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think Arkansas is better, but uh, I think Kansas only finished six and six, but it was good for them. Good for them. That's that's what matters here. Uh, San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl in San Diego. Uh, we've had this bowl a lot of times. Someone, you might have even been to one of these bowl games. Uh, that's Oregon, North Carolina this year. And Oregon's favored by 14. Uh, it's because I think uh, Oregon rates pretty well with the computers, that kind of stuff. Uh, they, they lost some games at the end, but they're, you know, a team that could have competed maybe for a playoff spot. Um, so I think it's why they're they're such heavy favorites. Um, I have to go with them for that. They're yeah, that me too. Yeah, Oregon's Oregon's gonna at least get a bowl here. They might not be happy with this bowl game, but all um, right. The next game we got the Tax Act Texas Bowl, and you guessed it, it's in Texas. Houston, Texas, Texas Tech versus Old Miss. Old Miss favored by three and a half. But it's in Texas. I gotta uh, no, I'll go, I'll go with Old Miss. I'll go with Texas Tech. Maybe they'll uh, win one for Mike Leach, you know. Oh, know. didn't think about yeah, that. I don't know. Although I think uh, that didn't end well. Um, but you know, it's been a, it's been a long time. Uh, the next boy got the bad boy mowers pinstripe oh, bowl. Here we go. Uh, when I think the New York Yankees, I think about bad boy mowers. <laughs> a lot of lawns there in New York. A lot of bad boys on those Yankee teams. Uh, so that is, uh, it's called the pinstripe bowl because it is at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. Uh, that is Syracuse, Minnesota, where Minnesota is favored by seven and a half. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go Minnesota. I yeah, might. I think Minnesota is better. Yeah. I think pick against every ACC team is kind of a good shortcut here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely go with Minnesota there. They're they're a solid squad. Uh, anyway, so the next oh here we go, the Cheez It Bowl in Orlando, Florida, Oklahoma versus Florida State. Florida State favored by seven and a half. What say you on this one, Andy? Let's go with Oklahoma. You know, okay, I'm gonna go with Florida State. I think Oklahoma just didn't look very good at times this year. All righty. This next one, the Valero Alamo Bowl, another one, long time bowl uh, in San Antonio, of course, in the Alamo. Uh, that is Texas Washington. This is a big, big matchup. Two uh, top twenty teams here, um, and despite Washington having a higher ranking, Texas is favored by four and a half. Um, but I got to stay with uh, my Washington, uh, you know, okay. Pacific Coast. Uh, the quarterback is going to play, and I think he is going to return. I think for another year, even so. Very good. I'm gonna. I'll go with Texas. I enjoyed it. I, I don't know if that running back's gonna play because I know he's a good prospect. But if he does, expect him to have a good game. All right. This next one: the Dukes Mayo Bowl, Charlotte, North Carolina, Maryland versus NC State. Maryland's favored by one and a half. I'll take the Wolfpack. Give me the yeah. slight underdog here. I'm gonna stick with the uh, going against the ACC in this case. So uh, Maryland, former ACC team, but current Big Ten team. And I'm going to say this next bowl just because my name's in it. The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl in the University of Texas, El Paso, Texas. Pittsburgh versus UCLA. UCLA favored by six. I mean, I guess I just got to go UCLA because I want UCLA to win. 
But I just don't see what their motivation is going to be for this game when they ha- were number nine in the country like four weeks ago. <laughs> and then you end up in the fucking Tony the Tiger Bowl game two days before New Year's. You get all the frosted flakes you want. I don't know. Um, but yeah, pick against the ACC. That's what I'm going with. Um, Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, Jacksonville, Florida. Notre Dame, South Carolina. Notre Dame by two. Let's see. Alignment. I have to assume Notre Dame must. Or do you think they're sitting people if they're only favored by two against South Carolina? South Carolina played really well at the end of the season. Okay. So. I'm going to trust that. I'll go. I'll, oh, oh, I'll go Notre Dame. So that's two Notre Dames. Um, we're getting we're getting there. We're getting towards the end here. Um, this is a smaller bowl, but we're getting towards the big ones here. The Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Ooh. Uh, that is in Tucson, Arizona. Ohio versus Wyoming. It's just a straight even line. Ooh, so. straight even line. I'm going to go Ohio. Just my family's from Ohio. And that's just who uh, I like. I will go with Wyoming. <laughs> All right, the next one, the Capital One Orange Bowl. Miami Gardens, Florida. Clemson, Tennessee. Clemson favored by ten- six and a half. As we know, Tennessee's got their quarterback hurt. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go Tennessee. More so because Clemson... This is the lowest like bowl game I feel like they've been in since the playoffs started, really. And I think Tennessee is going to want to go out there and try to – I think they're going to be more motivated in this game to win than Clemson's going to be, especially with their quarterback out. Yeah, I'll stick with Clemson just to be different here. Okay. Um, now we're into the New Year's Eve Ooh. games. Here's the big one. All-State Sugar Bowl, Alabama, Kansas State, Alabama. Now, only fair by three. Kind yeah, of. Or is, is Bryce Young and company playing? I don't know. I didn't do all the research on there. But. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to take Kansas State because I have never seen Alabama only favored by three against a team that wasn't named like Georgia or Clemson or Ohio State. That might be a good opportunity for Alabama bench players to play. They might be, even be better than the Kansas State guys there. So. Um, next up, we got the Trans Perfect <laughs> Music City Bowl. I don't know what they do. Uh, that's in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, that is Iowa versus Kentucky. Iowa's fair by two and a half. Now, here's another one. That Kentucky quarterback is a top pick also. Is he playing in this game? Do you want me to check it out? No, I don't, we don't need to, but I'm going to go Iowa regardless just because I have a feeling he's not playing. I don't think they would be two-point underdogs to Iowa if he wasn't playing, considering he is like a top five prospect. Like, I think, like, not even top five prospect. Like, I think he's supposed to go, like, top five overall. Uh, yeah, I think he's... I think a lot of people think third, he's the number one. Well, I think he's the third quarterback, but, yeah. Well, there's people, people do think he's number one. They can talk themselves into it. Um, yeah, I saw a little mock yeah. draft today that said they think C.J. Stroud will go number one to Houston. But, anyway, the next game, we've got the Verbo. Verbo, Verbo, Verb. I think it's a Verbo. Verbo Fiesta Bowl in Glendale, Arizona. TCU versus Michigan. These are the playoff games. I got to go Michigan. I think TCU is. Yeah, it doesn't belong here. Actually, I guess well, that's not true. Yeah, I don't want to say TCU doesn't belong, but they're just not as not yeah. as good. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, the next one is the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl in Atlanta. Uh, this is Ohio State, Georgia. Georgia favored by six and a half. So not not the full touchdown. You already know where I'm going, Andy. Ohio State. You're going with Ohio State. I have yeah. to go. I have to go with Georgia. Then. All right. Well, I got to go Ohio State. That's my team. It's the team I cheer for. Go Buckeyes. All right. The Relia Quest Bowl in Tampa, Florida. Mississippi State versus Illinois. Illinois favored by two. I got to go Mississippi State with what just happened. How do you not? That team is going to be super sad, but I think super motivated 
Yeah, and uh, it's notable this is uh, a 2023 bowl game. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with Illinois. That's where my family is from. So, okay. they're, they're going to be rooting for that game. Huh? Illinois, remember, were they like seven and one and then kind of fell apart there at the end? Yeah, they had, they did have a really good season. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going strictly off of motivational factor yes. for Mississippi State. It's going to be a very tough emotional game for them. Uh, the next one we got here, um, another big bowl game, but disappointing for one of the teams. The Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic in Arlington, Texas. Uh, USC Tulane. USC favored by one and a half. Um, this I did do some research on. I see no evidence that USC's players aren't playing, which makes you surprised that they're only one and a half point favorites, which shows you that some smart people really knew they weren't that good. Exactly. Um, and Tulane does have a good defense, which I think... Also, Andy, let me tell you what I think it could be too. How hurt is Caleb Williams? He did get hurt in that... Oregon or in that uh, Utah game, so he might not be playing. There's there's nothing that says he won't be playing. Yet, okay, so. then maybe yeah. he, it is that they're assuming he's playing banged up. Then yeah, I'll go Tulane. I just think Tulane's. And here's the other thing too. I think it's motivation. This is a huge. This this means everything to Tulane. USC was a win away from being in the playoffs. This game, where's the motivation then to go play Tulane in Arlington, Texas? I don't think there's much. So I'm gonna go Tulane. Okay, well, this is throwing me off because this the next bowl is the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl, which we already had a Cheez-It Bowl. Is Cheez-It doubling up on bowls? Well, I guess they are. What the fuck? Maybe I did something wrong here. Um, I don't know. But that's in Orlando, Florida, and that is LSU-Purdue. Uh, LSU fair by 10.5. Purdue's coach just left for Louisville, I think. Um, I don't know. But I, don't, I don't get this line. I know LSU is better, but that's a pretty big line. So I'm just going to go for Purdue. I'm going to go fun. LSU. All right, and then our last game we got here, you guys know it, the Rose Bowl, Pasadena, Penn State, Utah. I'm going to go Utah. I like what Utah's yeah, done. Got to stick with Utah. Fuck yeah. Penn State. Fuck yeah. child rapist. You know. Okay. Well, it's really, it's got to be said for the next yeah. like 30 years at least. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. We are definitely do not support the stuff that happened in Penn State all those many dark moons ago. Yeah, and then uh, January 9th is the national championship game. We don't know who's playing yet. Give me Ohio State yeah. <laughs> over Michigan in a Big Ten rematch. You know what? Now I have a conspiracy here. The reason they didn't have Michigan play Ohio State, the reason why they kept TCU at three and kept Ohio State at four was because they wanted that rematch in the finals, and that's what we're going to get, and Ohio State's going to win it all. Cool, yeah. I believe this is at SoFi as well. So, Oh, is it? Um, yeah, they don't oh, usually have a bowl, cool. but... Um, all right, that was uh, very long and very good, I think. Yeah, no, it was definitely a lot to get into. I mean, we did talk about that we were going to have a lot of the bowl games to to talk about, and we're at that time of the year now where, you know, just a lot of sports is happening. And, all yeah, right. I think that'll well, be that. I think that'll wrap us up for episode 301 of the Tony Seg Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Thank you. And Tony Katz. Yes, thank you. We'll see you later.